Hey everyone and welcome to another edition of Tuesday Night Live brought to you by Crowcast. Lots to talk about tonight, bit around on the uh, news front on, in the AFL, so without any further ado, let's crack straight in, shall we? Welcome to Tuesday Night Live, this Tuesday night, uh, the 10th of May. I'll just bring myself into focus there. There we go. And uh, it wouldn't be Tuesday night without my offsider and good friend, Peter. How are you going, Peter? Uh, very well, thanks, Fame. We wouldn't want to see you out of focus. It sounds like a uh, very, very troubling Sunday morning situation that you find yourself in. <laughs> I did have a very troubling Sunday morning, actually, but uh, we won't go there. Um, <laughs> go there. <laughs> well, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord and also on YouTube, of course. If you want to have your say this evening, uh, then please feel free in the Discord stage to stick your hand up and uh, we'd be delighted to have you on. Uh, but in the meantime, Peter, what do you think about the shellacking we copped against the Blues on the weekend? Well, it's one of those many, many games you've just got to um, throw into the bin um, after uh, you know what going through this process and the most positive I think spin you can put on it is that there are a number of players whose games tally will inch forward by one and um, you know there are a few positives out of it I I actually really uh, I, don't know, I didn't hear discussion Sunday but I actually really liked the move of Jackson Hately to Cripps I think yep. that was a worthwhile investment, and I think that I think that it's a it's a difficult balance because you see, um, we've been I think rightly criticising the club for sticking with a you know a stale and old midfield that is never going to get us anywhere, um, and I think that you you keep yourself competitive in games uh, a lot of the time, not all the time, but in a lot of games you stay competitive with that kind of setup. Now. Clearly, Jackson was not going to be competitive with Patrick Cripps. Um, so that's just an investment. That's just, um, and you're just accepting that you're going to get some hurt and there's going to be some damage um, out of that. Um, but what you have to sort of um, hope and wish for is that, you know, Jackson was in for, what was it, over 20 CBAs? Yep. Um, 24, had, I reckon. Pretty much all of them. Yeah, and so... And I tweeted today that you know he's a he's in the he's in his fourth year in the system. Um, and he's only played nineteen games, but he's in the fourth year. So this is the first time he has played inside midfield yeah. in his career, yeah. and yet he was drafted uh, on the back of a good performance in the twenty eighteen champs as an in, as South Australia's inside mid. Yeah. Now, you know. Um, GWS, the midfield was packed, so that was difficult for him, so that's why he came here, um, you know, and then we, we have our usual midfield non-development. And um, I was just really, really pleased to see that they actually bit the bullet 
and we're prepared to accept some pain for the sake of some development. Yeah. Don't, uh, I guess what I say is don't scream that we want midfield development, but then and then also be upset that 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 Jackson Hately had his pants pulled down as a nineteen game player against one of the best in the competition. Yeah, I, look, hundred um, uh, percent. You can't have it both ways, can you? And you know, uh, my my biggest gripe about the weekend setup was simply that uh, it was the boys' first or second game together in that midfield combination. It should have been about their twentieth. Um, exactly. So exactly, you know, you know it's, it's terrible that it's you know that we're behind, but you know here we are, and you've just got to make a start. And, yeah. and you know, Jackson Hately, you know, he's he's an inside midfielder, and you know, um, you, you've got to make a start on developing these kids. And, and he's, you know, his form in the SNFL, he couldn't have done any more in the SNFL, playing as an inside midfielder, as our number one midfielder. So you've just got to, you know, you've got to bite the bullet, and you've got to say, we've got to get this kid to, th- you know, thirty games. I mean, yeah. they've got to leave him here. They've got to leave him there for the rest of the season, Fiend. You know, and if, and if you want to make a call on him at the end of the year, then you know, well and good, but. I mean, at the end of the day, he had 15 possessions, you know, half a dozen tackles. It wasn't horrible. Well, yeah, I thought it was the best game he's played for us, to be honest with you. And I think one of yeah. the reasons why Cripps cleaned him up a bit um, around stoppage was in, uh, was to do with Riley O'Brien, because I'm yeah. sure that Riley yeah. O'Brien's colourblind. Um, yep. And our, our midfield setup was completely wrong in terms of where O'Brien was putting the ball. He was basically putting it into... Cripps's path half the time so I, I don't blame Jackson for that and I think as the game wore on um, and he gained more confidence he had a little bit more to say around the packs and around the ground um, and I'm with you, if if we want to develop him as an inside midfielder we have to persist and if at the end of the day he comes up short well he comes up short, we've given it a crack and uh, he's given it a crack and we can Move on, knowing that um, that he's not the answer, and I think uh, that's the same for a few of our players. Um, you know, they're, they're, we're young and we're going to have inconsistent performances, and it's no coincidence, in my opinion, Peter, that the two losses that we've had in the last fortnight uh, have both been to very mature midfields, very big-bodied mature midfields, because we just yep. get brushed aside. Yeah, that's right. And, and you, know, when, you know, we're talking about how good is Charlie Kernow now. What a journey he's had. I mean, when was yeah. he drafted? 2015? He was, yeah, he was in the same like draft yeah. as D-Day, wasn't he? I think so. And yeah, this would be the first season he really looked like he's coming on. Oh, he had a season before he did his knee where he looked like he could be Kudafides. But um, but you're right. It, it's, it looked... Even Petrarca and Oliver has have taken you know the best part of a hundred games to get to the standard that they're at. Um, yeah. So you know, um, look. Having said that, I think the the writing's on the wall for one experiment, and that's Billy Frampton. Um, I think my fear was always that if uh, teams tried to funnel their offense through Billy's man, then he'd be found wanting. And I think as good as he is on the rebound off half back. Um, as a one-on-one defender against a big-bodied forward, um, he hasn't got that defender's instinct. He plays it like plays yeah. it like a forward. He, he's ball watching and ball hunting, and 
um, either someone's got to teach him that defensive action or he just hasn't got it in him, one of the two. So here's a question for you then, Fane, and I put this to you. Yeah. We've invested a, little, you know, a few games in Billy and he's shown potential to be a pretty decent standard AFL footballer. Mm-hmm. Do we Do we say... Do we give up the defensive experiment but say there's maybe somewhere else we can find for him on the field? Or do we say, look, that's it, you're gone? Could, we, could, he, could he take a run in the ruck? Could he, you know, is there a spot? Could we try him again up forward? Is there, is, is, you know, do we say, look, that we've seen enough to say that he could be a player? He's got the skills to be an AFL footballer, in my opinion. Um, the problem is he's... His game style doesn't match his body type, does it? <laughs> because he doesn't really... I mean, he excels at SANFL level as a key forward. Every time he plays forward in the SANFL, he, he cleans up. Um, Do you play in the ruck? Is he tall enough for He's the 200. ruck? He's 200, so He's that's tall enough yeah. for the ruck. Um, look, I have no problems in experimenting with him. Um particularly with the situation we've got with O'Brien being so sadly out of touch. Um, the, the thing that I worry about is that we have to give Josh Worrell a run. And Josh Worrell really isn't a key back either. Um, so we have to sort something out in that defence. Um, I, I still think as... Big, big pardon? What, what position do we draft Josh Worrell for, do you think? Well, I think we probably, uh, well, I don't know, Pete, to be honest. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I, no, just, no, no. I thought it's just something that like came to me the other day. That I, I just thought, why, why did we actually pick him? Who, yeah. What spot on the field did we see for him? Well, someone in the chat says a do-day backup. You don't use the pick in the mid-20s mid for a bloody backup player. Um, he's supposed to be on your deck, on the deck. The interesting thing about Worrell is that he was a, uh, a, a accomplished forward in his under eighteen season. <laughs> yeah, I um, you know, I, I don't know. Like we, I think we, in terms of defence, when we're playing against teams that have two solid key forwards, like we had on the weekend with Kerno and and McKay. I think Nick Murray is the second key defender that has to come in. Um, yeah. He's he's spasmodic at ground level, uh, but he'll give you a contest in the air, which is what we lacked um, against Carlton. So a bit of a horses for courses. But then you look at what we're coming up against next week. Um, Brisbane are down a couple of key forwards. Um, I think Hipworth might be back, but certainly McStay's out, um, Danaher's out. Uh, so it's an opportunity, maybe, to bring Worrell in because we won't have the need for, um, you know, big, tall timber. And maybe it's an opportunity, as you say, Peter, to try Billy... So here's a question for you. Is is Billy a, a modern-day wingman? Maybe. Maybe. I, I'm open to... Like, I, you know that... Um, I didn't rate him at all, but I've seen. I kind of feel like I've seen enough that there's a, there's a player there somewhere. You've just got to find the right spot for him. And I, I, I don't. I wouldn't think that that was a, a crazy idea at all because he's just so agile. He uses the ball yeah. well, and he actually he actually covers the ground pretty well too. Yeah, 
Um, I just think that agile, 200 centimeter agile good ball users don't grow on trees. No. You have to really shake this one down, Fiend, to make sure there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, well, I, look, I think the forward experiment is over for Billy. I don't think he's ever going to be a standout. Well, I mean, it's hard to say. He's, he's not actually... He's been in the system a while, but he's not that old in terms of games played, etc. Um, he's barely played 20 years. Yeah. Um you know, I mean, it just looks so comfortable at the level doing what he does well, which is you know getting off his man, running yeah. the ball, using the ball, carrying the ball. He's actually, I don't know, I, I just think there's got to be something there. And look, maybe there's not, and then, then you end up flicking him. But I just think that he's not a. I don't think he's a key forward. And I don't think he's a key defender. <laughs> so I'm just not sure where he. Fits. There's a lot of people going hard in the chat, you know, D list and all the rest of it. You. It's, Billy Frampton has shown enough at the level, in my opinion, that if we can't find a spot for him, he's got um, he's got value on the trade table. Um, he's not a bad player. He has, as I said, he, he, he suffers from being a medium-sized player in a tall player's body, and he's yeah, probably a right. yard shorter pace to be that really tall wingman kind of person. Um, you know, is he a mobile ruckman? Um, I mean, he he's, hasn't got the energy, but he's certainly got the the same qualities as a, a Jackson type, um, and and far better foot skills. I don't know. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Pete. I just don't uh, don't yeah, know I don't, I don't, what the answer is. I don't know what the answer to this riddle is. But um, for all those people that on the chat that are just saying just discard him, I just think you you, ha- you have to put yourself in the position of recruiters, you know, trying to build lists and you, you ask them how many 200-centimetre agile good ball users are there are out there. There's just not. And yeah. so it's incumbent upon us to do everything that we can to find a spot for him now that he's shown that he's capable of football at the level. Mm. Crow, we didn't say Billy was 20 years old. We said he played 20 games. Um, yep. So anyway. Um, just a lot of hate, a lot of hate for, for Billy. Um a yeah, few weeks well, ago, we, were, we were. I was on that train last year, as you well know. Yeah, a, a few um, a few weeks ago, we were touting him the second coming of Christ down back. So um, yeah. no, anyway, uh, that, that's a, a bit of a dilemma. Of Speaking of dilemmas, well, I think, I think, look, I think what we saw on Saturday was a reality. Che- a Sunday was a reality check of where we're at, um, and then it's going to be another difficult season and. You know, the difference between having 15 games into a player and having, you know, 25 games into a player isn't a huge amount. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I thought Chase had a good game. You know, again, he's a player that... What, what, what would he be up to now? 60 games? Chase Jones? No. Not that many. Um, no, 40 yeah, games look, maybe? I don't, let, I don't let, really. let me have a, let me have a look. Um, this takes a while. Barty Magic should know this off the top of his head, of course, but... Uh, Come on, Vardy, see if you can beat me. How many games does Jones play? He's around that mark, and it just it just shows you that you've just got to get games into them, and that it's and that you know in the for the first you know naught to forty is not easy. Yeah, forty five games. Forty five games. I mean, yeah, Rochelle started off well 
you know, so well. But, you know, he made some poor errors on game. He looked like he'd just, you know, come down to earth on, on Sunday with some of the um, errors that he made. A little mentally tired. That's going to happen, Pete. Sorry? Mentally, mentally tired. He's an 18-year-old kid. Um, exactly. Uh, uh, you know, a couple of big losses. Um, things maybe, pardon me, things maybe not falling his way 100%. He just looked a little bit mentally tired. I think You're there's off. an opportunity to bring a couple in. Um, yeah. I think Pedler needs to have a run because he didn't play last week and Sanford got a rest this week. So two weeks out for out of the game for Luke is not good enough. I think um, um, you were right. I think it was you um, about Gallant. He looks a little bit tired. Um, so there's an opportunity for, for Rowe to get a full game, Luke Pedler to come in, um, you know, maybe whirl up forward. In place of um, yeah. Lockie Gallant, yeah. might might be a way to go. At least you can swap them around uh, if it's You've not got going so well. Kids yeah, so um, it might even. I mean, look, we're going to get towed up against Brisbane. It's as simple as that. Um, yeah. All we can ask for is a is a an effort. I think uh, Macca certainly on the weekend was um, a bit. Um, uh, a bit disappointed with our intent. I thought our intent was okay until they got the first couple of goals after half time, and then we really kind of dropped our bundle. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, I, I agree with that. It, you know, we did lose the bundle a bit, and then you know, I mean, unfortunately, Marvel's that kind of deck, isn't it? That if you just take your eye off the ball, sort of for five minutes, a team can kick eight goals. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Look, I've just you know, I'd rarely, rarely ever tip us at Marvel. I just, we just don't seem to play that ground well. And, no, we used to. Teams like Car- teams like Carlton and Essendon just play it so well. Mm. You know that ground, and um, so no, I, I, you know, it was always to me, it was always one of those games. You just you know, it's just a, a trial game. And as much as all of the supporters out there want the rebuild to be over, it just it's just not, and it just won't be. It's not going to be over for, you know, a good couple of years yet. So you just well, got to try and continue to pick through the positives and just sort of tinker and, in your own mm-hmm. mind, sort of tinker about, you know, what, what's this going to look like? Who do you think is going to be that piece that will stay there and just gradually have it take shape and then, you know, one year it'll come together. But it ain't going to be this year and it probably won't be next year either. No. Do we have all the pieces yet, Pete? I reckon we're two drafts away yet, at least maybe three. Definitely not. Definitely not. We do not have all the pieces at all. And, you know, every year we say this is the year we really need to try and build this midfield and yet we still find ways to spend our our drafts on other, other areas. But... All we can do is just say, you know, reiterate again this year that we desperately need to rebuild that midfield. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Um, O'Brien, uh, I know the oh, club. I know he's rusted on, but they 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 dropped Crouch the other day. I honestly think it's time to give Kieran a bit of a run for a while. Absolutely, has to go. He's just been rotten. With all due respect to Riley, has just not played well, and he would be the first to admit it. I'm sure he's just not played well, and they they just need to spell him. I think. Yeah, it looks like we he seem, needs a rest. We seem to have this obsession in this football club, though, that you're only allowed to have one ruckman on your mate. You know that plays A grade football for all season. It's been going on for years. Yeah, well, Sammy Jacobs, I'm sure he played a few games in a wheelchair um, towards the back end of his well, career. We'll end, so. we end up having two ruckmen in twenty years. 
Well, and here's another question. They're both 20... Well, I think Kieran Strawn's 26. I think O'Brien's a similar age. Um, you know, even if we bring Strawn in, the, the question I pose is, is he the ruckman going forward? And if that's not the case, um, you know, do we need to, to have a young protege on the back end of our list uh, learning his trade for a couple of years? Yeah. But... I think that's an area that might uh, might bite us in a couple of years um, because I, I don't see oh. O'Brien ever being the ruckman he wants to be. He wants to be the best ruckman in the AFL. He's just not going to be. The thing is, is that Riley has never ever been a good tap ruckman. Not not, no, not in any not at any time in his career. But what he has been, he's been a very very good around the ground player. Mm-hmm. And once that falls away, then there's nothing left. The thing it is, you take one mark in two games. Yeah, that's right, and the th- and he's not even getting to contests. Um, the the thing is, though, we do see uh, he, the problem with Riley is he doesn't like jumping into an opposition ruckman, so um, he becomes very predictable because he comes from an angle which actually limits his hit zones because he's only hitting to one part of the ground. And as I said earlier, Cripps. It played right into Cripps's hands, um, and uh, you know, for O'Brien to to be any good uh, or worth carrying in centre bounce contests, he needs to be able to at least nullify contests. But he doesn't. He either wins them poorly um, to the back of the contest where the opposition uh, runner is, or he's just putting him in the same area all the time. Becomes very predictable. So. You know, I, I don't think is the answer. I think we need to look at someone, uh, a, a kid coming through. Uh, I certainly wouldn't spend a lot of draft capital or anything on one. Uh, I don't think you need to, but I'm sure there's some bloody young SANFL ruckman or VFL ruckman running around that are worth uh, worth putting on the list and, and uh, uh, seeing how they go. Let me put this to you and to the people in the chat as well. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, that there is this—it's a common perception that you don't need to spend much on a ruckman um, until you don't, and you end up getting what we've got. Uh, and you look at Melbourne, and you look at Jackson and Gorn, and there's mm. a pick in the mid thirties and a pick in the top five. Yep. And so I don't know, and I don't, and, I, and I'm not taking—I'm not going to take a position on this feed. I'm just putting it out there for discussion. Because you know you can look at at, at Brisbane and um, who's the, the bloke that they've got is off the rookie list. I can't think of his name now. Big bloke that they've got. So I, you know, I just wonder, you know, is that a furphy? Do you think that you don't, do, you know, you think that you don't have to spend on a ruckman until you, you get a cheap one, and then you end up in the position that we're in. I um, <clears throat> I think you, I've you know, Pete over the course of our time on on this thing i've always been a proponent of you do what you need to do with the draft to get what you need to get and yep. um you know some people get very hung up on you know he's not a pick five or he's not a pick two or he's not a pick ten or you know it's a reach or whatever i don't buy into that sort of stuff i i feel like you've got a certain amount of picks and you yep. pick the players that you feel you need um, wherever you need to pick them. It doesn't matter about draft value. I think that's a hyped-up, overrated statement. 
And Melbourne's draft in that year, uh, I think it was 2019, that they got uh, Jackson and Kasai Pickett and the other bloke, I can't remember. They, they absolutely nailed it. They nailed it. And those players, none of them, I think, went... Well, certainly Kasai Pickett and um, Jackson. Neither of them were touted in the, at the picks that they, um, that they went for. Uh, yeah. But they were both perfect for what Melbourne needed at the time, um, you know. Yeah. So, do you need to spend to get a ruckman? I think you need to do what you need to do. If there's a ruckman there that you need to, and you're in need of a young ruckman more than you're in need of anything else, then go for it. I mean, Melbourne didn't need midfielders. They needed yeah. someone small up forward and they obviously identified a need for another tall, you know, and it was a bonus for them too that they picked up Benny Brown cheap in trade. Um, yeah. But they did what they had to do and I think we need... the only, the only, So the caveat, I guess, is that for us in our position, I don't think we need to be spending picks that we would otherwise pick on midfielders at this stage. And it may well be. It may well be that Riley is still going to be that potentially that Ruckman as well. Because mm. um, I've always, as you well know, I've always believed he's more a Ruckman than he is a key forward. And I think that he's better value because I think he doubles as a midfielder. Uh, he, can, he has got that potential. And so well, he could be that player. He could be that Jackson-type player. Yeah, it was uh, now, God, who was it that came on? I think it was Rabbit that came on uh, during the week on on the weekend, and said exactly that that our, we've already got our next ruckman on our list, and his name's Riley Thilthorpe. Um, and I'm warming to that. I, I think that to get we need we need to have Riley Thilthorpe in the game for as much as possible. Um, yep. And having him as a forward, um, where I don't think it actually plays into his strengths because he's always going to attract. A, a big defender and overhead marking, in my opinion, in pack situations, isn't his forte. Um, no. You know, but he's got great wheels. He's fantastic below his knees. Um, yep. And and he is a good ruck. So uh, let's uh, let's get him in there. So yeah. You know, at least as, as I've been saying for a few weeks now. At least on a rotational basis, we've got enough tools that are okay to be able to run two or three and, and you know, run the triangle from forward to, to midfield to bench sort of thing. Why don't we do it? Why don't we try these things? There's there's no harm in trying these things. And you could even run Billy Frampton into that into that equation as well, you know? Yeah. Um, run Frampton and, and, and Thilthorpe through the ruck and through defence and through the forward line and mix it up a bit. Yeah. And I can just uh, imagine if we if we have a if we get Riley going in the in the ruck, then um Hamish at the end of the year is gonna say, Can I just it leaves us without a key forward, can I just go one more tall draft? Yeah, but that'd be Keeler, wouldn't it? Because this this year is a this whole tra- tall draft. Do you reckon we're any chance of Keeler or is he gone at our picks? Uh, I don't think it'd be gone. I think the two that are, the two that are shaping of the Westies boys, Tom Scully, um, in particular, and um, and Lemmy. Lemmy's been playing league and reserves. Scully's been annihilating the under 18s and so they're two big key forwards, and they're genuine key forwards. They're not they're not rucks at all. 
So um, they're clunkers, and so they could well have their eyes on them. But oh, can you imagine? You know, the uh, all of the punters out there. If Hamish goes for another tall in the in the top ten, I don't think he's going to have any choice, Pete. I don't think he's going to have yeah, any okay, choice. Okay, midfield, like an, an established midfielder from somewhere. Mm. Well, I think that's that's the go, um, and maybe that that segues nicely. And uh, I'm sorry, people, I've, I've got 15 minutes left in me because I've got to go and pick up my son from his Macca's shift at <laughs> 9:15. Um, but it probably dovetails nicely into what we should be talking about, and that is the uh, news today that um, Jason Horn Francis has uh, has uh, put his contract talks on hold. Uh, various whispers around that he's not happy and homesick and you know it could be could be nothing it could be just him trying to jack up his his value because he's already probably north melbourne's best midfielder um but uh you would think that given that he's on a two-year deal um you would think that north if he isn't going to renegotiate they'd try to get most value out of him which would be this year Oh, that'd be a, as I think you mentioned earlier today, that'd be an absolute PR disaster, wouldn't it? Oh, wouldn't be great for them. Got the number one draft pick. Wouldn't be great but for them, but, but they have to maximise their value for him. If he's out of contract, um, yeah. you know, they run the risk if, if we tank another year and we've got, we happen to have a number one or number two pick, um, they run the risk of losing him in the PSD. Is there any play you'd send over for him? Oh, just about everyone. Mm. I I was bullish pre, pre that draft. I, I would have given North Melbourne 10 first-round picks and your first-born child, Peter, to get Jason Horn. I, I think he's an absolute superstar. And I don't think he's disappointed I'll, anyone. I'll absolutely support you on that. You, did, you always thought that, and it actually plays into the theory you just articulated a couple of minutes ago, and that is that you do whatever you've got to do. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And what we should have done first is not win so many games. <laughs> not win stupid games against Hawthorne like we did. <laughs> but having done that, I, I, you know, and I know that the club went hard at Horn Francis um, with a deal to North uh, and they knocked it back. I would have gone back again and said, all right, it well, what, what? It wasn't that big of a deal. Well, I would have just said, what would it take? Tell us what yeah. it would take. We, we, we should have been that desperate. Our second next year or something? Um, I think it was our first that year, our first next year, and maybe a second rounder as well next year. It was three picks. It was two firsts and a second, I think. Right, okay. Uh, which is huge, and North, yeah. North, I think, should have considered it a bit more, and I think, again, you're talking more about uh, the look of it rather than anything else. You know, North Melbourne's first first, first number one pick for ages and they traded away. But they needed to be realistic about it. And Horn Francis was a huge flight risk. Um, yeah. You know, particularly if they weren't successful. Why would a kid like that stay in a bloody unsuccessful franchise for five years? It's just not going to happen. Um, he never, so, I don't think he was ever the kind of... Family care, he never seemed like me the type was going to be attracted to the big bright lights of Melbourne like some of them are. No, I don't think so. Um, Matthew was saying our first, Melbourne's first, and next year's first. So oh, that's right. It might have been our first, Melbourne's first, and next year's second. Yeah, I think anyway, that's what it was. Anyway, it was something like that anyway. 
But I would have just gone back to them and said, all right, well, which player would you like? And barring probably four or five, I would have said, all right, cool. Wouldn't have been too many. And I understand it would have meant that we didn't get Joshua Shelley, and Joshua Shelley's going to be a wonderful player. But Horn Francis and and Razor Ray, it will be sitting back having a beer, absolutely losing his shit hearing this. (laughs) But I think Horn Francis is a a once-in-a-generation player. And... You know, in retrospect, yeah. what would you give up for Gary Ablett Jr. at the beginning of his career? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the type, no, no. type of play we're talking about. So anyway, look, it's, it's probably all conjecture. He's got ties to Port Adelaide, um, you know, north of the unco- incumbent, so they still hold the uh, the whip hand in, in, in that situation, and, and it's highly likely that they'll pump some more money into his deal and, um you know, he'll hang around for a little bit longer there at least and see if they get more successful. Um, they might ditch the coach if he's not happy with Noble's sprays. Um, but, you know, I'd certainly be on the phone every bloody day to uh, Fabian and <laughs> who's managing Horn Francis. Is it Matt Dowdy? Uh, Mick Dowdy? I think so. Yeah, I'd be on Mixer here every bloody day. I'd be sending him a weekly... Uh, weekly basket of goodies. Um, Didn't you say he's mates with Braden Cook? Yeah, so he he does have a connection with Braden Cook. Um, I I had uh, uh, an employee of mine uh, last year that had some, was a partner with one of the South lads and she told me a little bit about things down there and uh, yeah, my understanding is that uh, Braden and Jason were mates. Uh, that's not to say he wasn't also mates with <laughs> Matt Robertson. And speaking of which, you know, North have got a couple of other midfielder, young midfielders that aren't performing well. Tommy Powell, although I think he might have extended his contract. Um, uh, Phillips, uh, who was number two in that draft, I think, or number three or something, um, he can't get a run. So it's funny old times down at North with the with the top picks that they've that they've selected. Um, you know, they've got Simpkin there and uh, Uniaki, whatever his name is. Um, but, yeah, so, I don't know. We, I, it's too early to speculate, but, uh, um, you know, if there's any if there's any truth to... If, if it's a genuine situation where he's looking to come back home, um, and we did have one of our listeners drop into the chat that um, he was hearing from one of his mates that knows the front Horn Francis family that Jason was homesick, then, you know, we've got to be in it. Uh, Port are the obvious danger. Port, in terms of connections, have probably got the, the front running. But I think we're actually positioned financially and draft currency-wise maybe a little bit better depending on what Port do with a couple of players at the end of the year, like Amon and Georgiades, etc. Yep. So, um, uh, the other thing, of course, is that uh, now I, I want to see Sam McClure and Caroline Wilson go batshit crazy for the next three years because Collingwood are uh, watching pornos at the beginning of the at, at their training sessions or their their uh, pre-game warm-ups or whatever. That's got what? three years written all over it, Pete. I've never, I haven't heard that one. Oh, you haven't heard that one? No. So it's it's come out that um, uh, um, Collingwood used a, uh, or one of the Collingwood coaches has a motto of come forward, 
and uh, he used a um, used a pornographic film to illustrate that um, that motto, Pete. And it was fairly graphic, and uh, it was certainly not vanilla. And uh, <laughs> I look, it's between that and the Lumumba stuff, the the recording today that came out of Buckley basically uh, telling Lumumba that he was gone rogue and throwing Eddie under the bus and all the rest of it. If the blowtorch isn't on that club for the next three years from McClure and Caroline Wilson, then it just illustrates to you how biased the Victorian media are against uh, non-Victorian clubs because Collingwood need to have the media spotlight on them 24-7 for the next three years. That's extraordinary. I've never, I just, I'm just blown away by that. I can't believe it. Yeah. I'm um, stunned. Yeah, so Lumumba's, Lumumba's uh, some saying Lumumba's gone a bit crazy. Well, I think Lumumba's just speaking the truth. And I, I think he's the type of, you know, he's the type of bloke that is not going to walk away silently. And the thing with uh, what he's saying is he's got evidence to back it up. Every time he gets rebuffed by Buckley or Maguire or whoever, or the Collingwood Footy Club, he comes back with evidence. So, you know... I don't think Lumumba needs to give it a rest at all, Surf's Oz, because if you were being vilified in your workplace, you wouldn't stand for it. And the Collingwood Footy Club is his workplace, or was his workplace. And I think he's got a right, just the same as any other employee in Australia, to work in a non-discriminatory environment. The end. That's my view. Jeez. Sorry, mate. I just got on my soapbox for a minute. I'm just trying to process um, look, and then you've got the West Coast situation, uh, which um, is a bit out of control. West Coast is a very strange club. For all their success, they seem to be dysfunctional for large parts of their lifespan. Um, you've got Trevor yeah. Nisbet, who's r- rusted on harder than bloody Eddie Maguire, just about at Collingwood was. He's been there since, I think Nisbet's been there since about 2008, I think. Um, you know, been through, presided over a couple of crises there, and, and you know the drug crises and the party culture and all the rest of it. Now you got half their team going out on the piss when they're supposed to be locked away because they got no players. And yeah, I, I what you odds? Had two needles alongside each other, Fiend, and you had clubs that were sort of like one needle was you know towards being an, an absolute fun party club to be at, and the other needle was success. I reckon the closest point of those two needles, where the two needles kind of meet for success and partying, that's yeah. that equals West Coast, don't you reckon? Yeah, I think you're right. Well, I think I think They've the needles the best balance the best balance of partying and success. Well, I think the partying assisted the success in the uh, O five preliminary. <laughs> there was some half half time partying that got them over the line. I've never seen a bloke run so hard as Benny Cousins did that game. Um, yeah, but yeah, very, very strange club that one. Um, and as PJ said in the chat, when they tank, they tank hard, and they always seem to bounce back really quickly. Um, you know, there's tons of examples of them, you know, bottoming out, and then two years later they're top four again. It's like compared to other clubs, when, when they just seem to go to the well and then rebound real quick. So uh, they do things uh, differently over there. Mean, go to get it all for a ten-year period just to get it all. I reckon, yeah, that's the club you'd want to go to. You get everything. <laughs> yeah, I think, you would. I think you would too. 
Um, mm. uh, just quickly, um, before we wrap it up, um, our entry list is fairly clear. Um, we've only got um, Rory and uh, Seeds on the injury list. Um, Zach T- uh, Taylor is back from his thumb. Um, Lockie Murphy, this is the one that surprises me a bit. They've given him the all-clear. Burgess admitted that they were a bit concerned about him. They described him as getting a, a big hit against Carlton, but I didn't see it that way. I I actually felt it was a bit innocuous, Lockie Murphy's um, hit that he stayed down on. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm actually surprised they're not treating that a little bit, with a little bit more kid gloves, e- even though the MRIs, etc., seem to be clearing of structural stuff. I don't know. It worries okay. me. If I was, if I was in his close inner circle, I'd be having a very, very strong word to him about, you know, his future and the best thing for him going forward for a long and healthy and prosperous life. Yeah. I, well, you know, I guess I can only go on the uh, doctor's advice, um, but mm. um, yeah, I just every time he goes down over the last few weeks, he seemed to be holding that neck, and I just feel like maybe they just need to read the tea leaves and give him a month off. It's not as if we need him to play. It's a shame because, again, a great around contest on the weekend, but, uh, yeah, uh, it does worry me. Now, people going off that I'm not giving away tickets tonight. I'm not going to give away tickets tonight. What I'm going to do is I'm going to leave the ticket draw until... Um, when's our game this week? Is it Sunday? Saturday? Um, Saturday night. Saturday night. I'm going to leave the ticket draw until Friday. So if you want tickets, and I'm going to put this on Twitter as well because we only ever seem to have one or two people sticking their hand up. So I'm going to give it a few days to run. So if you want tickets for this week's game against Brisbane Land, then stick your name, no chatting or else you'll be banned for a week, stick your name in the tickets channel uh, it'll be going on Twitter as well uh, and the other socials uh, to get onto our Discord and put your name in the tickets channel if that's what you want. And then I will do a very little uh, live streamed, recorded um, number generator thing so people know I'm not cheating. Um, and I will draw that on Friday afternoon. All right, so... Um, yeah, and I reckon anyone who wants to go to the game on the weekend is probably a bit masochistic anyway, Pete. Oh, I just can't believe this is one game that I'm going to actually get to. And <laughs> it's a Saturday night game. It's got it's the best cold squad. I can make it, and it's going to be a horror show. Cold too. Uh, Wally, um, on Twitter, we're just at AFL Crowcast, mate. So uh, if you're not following us already on Twitter, get around us on Twitter at AFL Crowcast. Um, and in the meantime, thing, who would have thought that around about this time last year we'd knock off the D's? You just wouldn't have predicted it in a blue fit, so you well, just never know what's going to happen. That's that's it. You don't. Uh, having said that, what's your tip? Oh, Brisbane. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't. I just I, I thought we might bounce back last week against Carlton after after um, getting shellacked by GWS. Uh, Brisbane got another very solid midfield, Pete. And uh, absolutely right. I just hope that I can, when I turn up on Saturday night, I'll see uh, Jackson Hately in the centre square for the first bounce. But um, 
yeah, I think that um, we're in for a, a bit of a cold, dark sort of six or six or seven weeks. Yeah, I think so. Well, we've got West Coast in a few. We've got lions and cats, and then uh, we might have a bit of respite. I think the the, the respite will be the mid-season buy. <laughs> oh, a bit of other news too. Uh, young mm-hmm. Freeman's decided to go back to Victoria, so... Uh, um, is that? to pursue other interests. Uh, Freeman's his name, isn't it? The lad that we oh, had over on the, Yeah, he just decided to pull up stumps uh, and go back to Victoria. Mm-hmm. So we've obviously told him that he's not going to be picked up in the mid-season draft. Um, we do obviously yeah, yeah. have the yeah. option in the mid-season draft because we can put Sloaney on the long-term injury list. Um, it would be interesting to see what we do there. If you had your choice, Peter, would you go for a Ruckman? or a mature-age midfielder? Do you know what? I'd do what we did last year, and I would look at where we picked up Paddy Parnell. I think there's probably still some young talent out there that um, I think there's probably still a little bit of COVID hangover um, where kids might not have necessarily been able to put their best foot forward. I think that Paddy was a really good pickup. I think he's. Gonna, I still think he's going to be a good player for us. Yeah, hopefully he's, he's a talented run. kid. Um, so no, well. I would be out. I would. I would actually do what Hamish did last year, and as I would treat it as any normal draft. I would look at best available talent, and I would look yeah. at best available young talent. Because I think yeah. I still think that there's. I, th- I still think we've got some. Co- there's a bit of COVID hangover out there. Can we can we put a, um, a minimum of one eighty centimeters on that? <laughs> You'd have you'd be walking around Adelaide, uh, Adelaide Oval, and like if you're a tall bloke, you'd be really worried about like tripping over the garden gnomes, wouldn't you? There's a, so many of them. Anyway, I reckon we'll get shellac too. Uh, look, thanks very much, everyone, for joining us this week. Uh, fairly short and sharp. Uh, thanks, Peter, for coming on as well. Uh, don't forget, tickets will be drawn on Friday. Sure. So if you want tickets to the game, stick your name in the tickets channel on Discord. And um, for those listening, you'll have until. Friday lunchtime, I will close it off. Friday lunchtime to uh, put your name down for a ticket to the Brisbane game. In the meantime, stay safe, Peter. Enjoy the rest of your week. All right, take it easy. Catch you next week. We'll see you next week. Not everyone. Cheers. Bye.